Hey everybody, this is the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, episode three with Hunter Pulaski. I am Peter Garber. Jordan Spieth, back in the winner's circle, plus it's Masters week. So much to get to. Hunter asked me if I thought Arcadia Bluffs was a Lynx course. He's going to play there in a couple weeks. So let's talk Valero, Masters, local golf, and we'll throw in a little talk about the LPGA too. Let's get it. It's going to be really rainy here this week, huh? I thought I'm, I was kind of kicking myself for a minute for not bringing my clubs. And then I looked at the forecast and I was like, we're not playing golf this week up here. Oh, really? I didn't know it was supposed to be. Oh, am I wrong? I don't know. I, I'd, uh... That's what I thought I saw. Looks like. I have that new Ping G425 driver. Oh, really? Sarah got it for me for my birthday. Oh, wow. So later that day after the last one of these that we recorded, yeah, I opened up a brand new. I knew what it was, too, because you, you can't really conceal a driver. It's in a tall, skinny box. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's either a driver or a three-wood, and why would you buy me a three-wood? So, okay. yeah, I'm pumped to hit that thing, That I though I have to confess, I didn't know that it had those weird little marks on the top of it until I got it. Have you held it before? Uh, I, I've had ping. It's just like the what would be like the alignment for ping's alignment on the on the crown of the club yeah yeah i have it looks uh, like the it looks like the uh michigan helmet it does yeah it's a little wings it does i didn't even uh i've I've never connected that way but yeah it does speaking of michigan helmets did you stay up late last night and watch that game i did i had uh i had baylor money line wow how was i not i heard all this sentiment around because I picked Gonzaga in all my brackets and stuff, and like I really felt in my gut that they couldn't win last night after the game at UCLA, but I heard about so much sentiment, public sentiment around Baylor, that I thought, these people can't all be right, but you were on that, Tad was on that money line. I think I went back and forth. I think I went back and forth four or five times throughout the, from 7 p.m. It's a good thing the game started at 9.20, because that's about as much time as I needed to Think about who to bet on. Go back and forth. I I, uh, I always like to think about who who can I bet on where I I won't feel like an idiot if the if the game gets to halftime and it's the opposite of what I bet. Like what will make me feel like the the least amount of an idiot? And I felt like that was Gonzaga taking Gonzaga. Does that make sense? Like you you get to halftime and Gonzaga's Gonzaga's winning by fifteen points. You go okay. Well that that seems like it would make more sense to me than than the opposite Baylor being. Baylor being up by 15 points, but well, what do but I know? But you bet on Baylor. I was able to get myself back on back on <laughs> Baylor by about 8 p.m. And it was just I think I think it was just I think you or, uh, Gonzaga used up way too much. <clears throat> that drains. I think that I think an overtime Final Four game, semifinal game, has to drain somebody. I think that's interesting. I'd love to know the precedent on that. Like how many teams can successfully win the next game if they play. In an overtime in the semifinal, you know? Well, it's always like, it's like the miracle on ice wasn't even the championship. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, what happens if they go and lose to Sweden? And that game? was the game of the tournament. <laughs> it was essentially. I think in a lot of senses, our recent, in a lot of ways, our recent memory will be of that game from the tournament because that was the game of the tournament. That was an amazing game. Obviously, last I didn't compare at all, but I thought I thought so too. I mean, I was like, I picked Gonzaga. I, I really have been on them all year. I've really felt like this would be the year they would break through. And then, of course, they just pan to the sidelines and, like, Mark Few would be standing there just with his finger in his cheek. And you're like, he looked like are he... you going to do Are you going to do anything? Are you going to try anything, bro? I'm not sure. Mark looked like he got some serious sun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Indianapolis. It was not that sunny. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was okay. <laughs> but he looked like he had been in the sun for the last two days straight. I've never seen somebody so red. It wasn't like he was in high pressure situations. He looks old too, kind of. I don't. Uh, I don't know. That happens when you're sunburned. I think. Of course, the of course the before we get started, the the, the question was posed uh, to my group of friends: was that the was that the best college basketball game you've watched? And of course, recency bias is going to take over. The, yeah, that the, might the, a little bit like. Yeah. The semifinal game. Um, People, I, I've, I saw from from several people that they thought that was the best game, college basketball game that they ever watched, and it's I would be hard ever? pressed to find one that I, I I don't know. Did you watch the game? Ever? 
the best college game they've ever watched? Uh, I, I put it second. I thought that the the Chris Jenkins... Yeah, the Villanova final. Um, would that was against North higher. Carolina. That was a sweet game. But The Mario Chalmers game. Yeah, we start, we start talking about that one, too. He hit a three to force overtime for Kansas. My that was against Memphis. Derek Rose, remember? Yeah. Yeah, if I'm my, not mistaken. My homer self uh, said Corey Lucius against Maryland. Again, like, I think it was like the Sweet 16. <laughs> or like the, the, it might even been the, You're the, sec- only one the, second, the second round. Speaking uh, of Maryland, though, I remember a Duke-Maryland Final Four game. I think it was a semifinal. That was another case where it's kind of similar where it felt like the championship game, but they were just happened to be playing in the semi. I don't know. That's we always do this. We always do this. We were going to do this with Gonzaga too. Best college team ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. People. It's just like, can we just stop? Just take it easy on the superlatives all the time. Recency bias is is an absolute killer. All right. So where do you want to? Yeah. Let's. Uh, let's just. We want to talk about the. Um, talk about last week's. Talk about Texas Open a little bit. Yeah. And then and then go from there. Uh, yeah, let's your boy was first. Let's okay. Let's set this up because you're gonna we're gonna talk about Arcadia today, right? We can. I don't really know. I don't really know. I'm gonna set it up for you. Okay. I think I want to tell you tell what to it. expect. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, you can ask me some questions about it. Perfect. I've played there like three times. Perfect. We can talk through it a little bit. I can t- I can tell you how to hone your game. Awesome. I like it. To get ready, it's actually pretty scorable. Is it? Yeah. What tees are you gonna play from? We're playing with. <sighs> The guys I'm playing with, actually, this just came like very spur of the moment. I was, I was very. Yeah, what is this? When you texted uh, me and said my, you were playing there, I was like, "What?" Uh, a buddy from from high school uh, that lives down in Traverse City um, said that him and another buddy from high school, another buddy from high school, that two of them live in Traverse City, one of them lives up here in Petoskey, said we're playing Arcadia on the 17th. I'm just looking for a fourth. Looking for a fourth. Do you want to come? And I was like. Yes, <laughs> I had, hadn't even asked Alex yet. I hadn't even like thought about asking her. I was like, I will, I will make sure that I'm at Arcadia on the 17th of April. I'm sure that went over well. It actually, it actually did. I think uh, I can usually. I don't know how how this goes with Sarah, but I can play like the. This is a important golf course. This is like not like a once in a lifetime. Obviously, you can play Arcadia <laughs> whenever you'd like, but I never, I have never played, I have never played Arcadia. So I, I. So you have to go sell it to her that this is necessary for you to go on this golf trip. If I would have had to sell it to her, I could have sold it to her, okay. but uh, I was not put in that position. And Well, that's good. She's very kind then. Yes, very kind. All right, kind. so we'll talk about Arcadia because it's a sweet place. One of the best courses in Michigan. Yeah, so, that's what I hear. Um, and then obviously we'll talk about the Masters. I'm freaking juiced. I don't know if you are as excited as I am, but as soon as like it didn't even take me till Monday to get excited, I started looking at the DraftKings pricing for the Masters, like when they released it, I think it was last Friday or something like that. So I'm just fired up. I have so many tickets. I tried counting them all and then had to watch live from the Masters last night on the Golf Channel. Brandel was going on and on about nobody outside the top 18 in the official world golf ranking ever wins at Augusta. And I was like... Well, thank God I have a Billy Horschel ticket then, because he's 17th in the world, so there's still a shot there. He's 125, but I have so many useless tickets, so I hope that you all out there will practice better discipline than I have leading up to the tee times on Thursday, because I am literally all over the... I'm not even going to know. I'm going to pull up that awesome Masters app, and I'm going to be like, I have to watch half the field right now. (laughs) How am I supposed to do this? Um, But yeah, first, let's talk about the Valero real quick. All our guys, our Michigan guys... Didn't have a great week. Stewart and Brem were both cut at Valero. That course had some teeth. I was talking about how you have to make a lot of birdies, but you do the winner shoot 18 under, um, 17, 18, so somewhere between like 15 and 20 or whatever. I don't think everybody, anybody's ever gotten to 20. But the cut is like one or two over. Yeah. So it had a little more teeth than I realized, so it's not surprising that there were some guys who didn't play as well. So Stewart was cut. He's now 116 in the FedEx, so still in decent shape. Brem. Also was cut 161. I was looking at Brem's player profile on uh, PGATour.com to get his results because I didn't keep up with it as closely as I should have during the tournament. And they one of the questions they ask you on there, I guess, which now I have to go look at this for Joey if they have it on there for Corn Fairy guys. But 
So what would be your walk-up song to the first tee if you had one? And Brems was Regulators by Warren G. <laughs> <laughs> Which I found to be hilarious. So. That is pretty good. And then Joey, tied for 35th, shot two under. That course was pretty tough, too. They were in Destin, Florida. So he's 69th in the Corn Ferry. No real Michigan ties, I think, for anybody that's playing in the... Uh, in the Masters this weekend, so that's just all about the TV watching and the gambling. So yeah, and I think it's actually, and I, I was telling a, a buddy last night. I think, <clears throat> obviously, with with Tiger Woods in the field, you're going to there's going to be an instant uh, improvement in ratings. People people are are drawn towards Tiger Woods, but I think the Masters is one of the few events, if not the only event, where it does not. I don't think it really matters if Tiger is playing. It's the I mean, it is the. It'd be better if he obviously be nice if he was, but it is the Masters at the end of the day, and I don't know. I think it's something about it being Northern Michigan, but I am excited too. If this is like starts feeling like finally starts to feel like spring when Masters rolls around, I don't know if it's the green. I agree. Grass. This it's is the like green the, grass. It's every everything about it just makes it, you feel. In the Midwest, this is our official start of golf season. Yes, 100%. this is when you can. Where if you're like if you're down in. Chicago, where I live, you're already going out and probably playing on the weekends a little bit because there's a handful of courses that are open. Maybe same up here, though. Now we're going to get a lot of rain, and it's going to sog everything up, it sounds like. But then you turn, you watch the Masters, and you know that's when you really start getting the juices flowing for for golf season. So I, feel, I have that same sort of feeling, and there's some built-in excitement, and it would certainly help to have Tiger here. But I also get the second best thing in terms of TV – in popularity in golf, the second biggest figure in golf just won a golf tournament for the first time in a couple of years. <laughs> you think he is the the second biggest face in the the second? I can't really movie, say that he's not really because needle mover, not because Phil, all Phil's longevity and just like his, he's a polarizing figure and. His presence on social and just like the years his, that his brand has been built up, he's still gonna, you know. But Jordan is Jordan is the only thing that compares in terms of he's the guy on the tour that can bring more casual fans in and sort of through his own play personally change sort of the tenor and of a golf tournament or the attention being paid to it. I, I I totally agree. I mean, I think he I think he's I can't think of anybody I, I would put off the top of my head that I can think of in current current game that's that's going to be and he's the Dallas Phil, Cowboys. You, you could put like two A on you could put two A on Jordan with Phil and I'd be fine with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, what a great performance by him at Valero. I told you. I know you did. I know. It was Spieth week. Yeah, and there was just. <laughs> It Never was. a doubt, baby, except midway through the round on Friday when he had hit, like, three fairways for the week. See, that's the thing. As we push it forward to this week, it's fascinating because I told everybody, I was like, make sure you get your Jordan tickets. If you want to bet him at Augusta, you better get it. He's way down now. Yeah. So His I, odds have come all the way down. I think he's, like, the third favorite. I think he's at, like, I've seen plus somewhere between plus 900 and plus 1,000 maybe. Um, so a little uh, – we can – Barstool Sportsbook right now has boosted Jordan to plus back to plus fourteen hundred, where he originally was prior to the Texas Open. I believe I don't think he was much higher than fourteen, even even on Thursday of last week. So probably not. I, I remember. So that is still Barstool has that boost right now in one of their exclusive tabs I saw last night. All right. Well, so let's wait. A, let's let's get into more of that. We obviously, I have to talk about Jordan as it pertains to the Masters. You, is there anything else you wanted to cover from Valero? And I think you wanted to mention a couple other tournaments that happened this week. Yeah, um, I, I have, I've never a few more things about Jordan. I've never seen somebody coming down the stretch that makes the game so hard on themselves. They, that's one of the nice things about the 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 day and age. That we live in is the the camera work the the sound you can hear these conversations between Greller and, and Jordan maybe better than you could have a couple years ago and Jordan's 
it's a good thing Growler's there because he is just holding Jordan's hand throughout some of these some of these situations that that Jordan you can hear them talking about it. And I just don't know if Jordan didn't realize that he had a two shot lead. Doesn't have to doesn't have to do anything like super crazy. He could even give one back. Um, uh, and, I, my, and my system pick did lose uh, first time in five six weeks. My I had Charlie Hoffman, and Charlie, 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 hit a golf shot when you need to hit a golf shot. Just one time for me, guy. He. Oh, he frustrated. He whenever whenever Jordan Jordan unlocked the door and and started to open it and and Charlie had this opera this really good good opportunity to rip through that door and and get it back to even. Charlie said, "No, no, no, you know what? Jordan, I'm going to try to go through the side window." And he and he, or he pulls it left. He must have tried I think it was probably three or four holes where he tried to take something off of take one club more, take something off and just yanked it dead left he's hitting a lot of poles a lot of poles ball, stri- ball striking took a step back on sunday they're scrambling however the fact that he still got second place yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean for me it was a weird experience because i was like i have a ticket on jordan and charlie so i had to tune in at the beginning make sure matt wallace wasn't going to do anything crazy well, he certainly did he certainly did not <laughs> make sure these guys well he ended up shooting two under he pulled it together on the back nine the back nine is so much easier at tbc san antonio than the front nine but um I just had to make sure nothing crazy was going to happen because I was new. I knew I was going to cash one of those two, and the difference in terms of the total value of those tickets was like twenty bucks. So I didn't really care that much. I I would have rather had Charlie win at thirty three. Yeah. But I also have a Jordan ticket, a sixteen to one, which is still not that great, but it's better than what you can get now for this week. And so I'm kind of rooting him on, like, let's do this. Let's get going. Let's win this week. Let's win next week. You're here. You're ready to go. And I really do feel like that is a at this point, can we talk about can we talk about it? Or you want to talk about your other tournament? Oh, uh, we can get we can get to we can get the other tournaments. I, I uh, are you sure? I think we're about thirty minutes in now, and I think <laughs> we have we have somehow gotten ourselves back on the Masters off of the Texas Open four or five times just in the first. You can 30 only minutes. talk so much about the Texas Open. It's already too. Especially when the Masters. Everybody watched it. I want to talk about the Masters. <laughs> I, I was still up on Sunday night at midnight, and I, was, I, I thought to myself, right at like twelve oh one, I go, it's Masters week, baby. Like we we have made it to Masters week. I will. I mean, let me just let me just slide in slide in a few things about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Give it to us. Outside of, of the Texas Open, it was actually pretty big. I texted you uh, Sunday night. Sneaky big week for golf uh, in the women's game. Had the first uh, had their first major of the year. The A and A Inspiration out at Mission Hills Country Club. You ever played out there? That's in Southern California. Correct. It's nice. It's nice views out there. Nice views. Yeah. Yeah, I've never. I've heard it's spectacular. Is it? Pri- it's private. I think it's. Pri- I think it's Mission Hills Country Club. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, it's Country Club. Okay. Yeah. Pretty sure. Uh, and I'm just gonna absolutely um, butcher these next couple names, but uh, Patty Tava Tan Kit Tava actually is correct. Uh, she's from UCLA. Uh, UCLA just graduated last year, 2020 Rookie of the Year. She won at 18 under, I believe. Um, Lydia Ko. Uh, who is a familiar name in the women's game, shot a 10-under on Sunday. A 10-under. Yeah, she can go low. She can go, and I'm pretty sure she just started working with Sean Foley. I could just be completely making making that up, but another familiar teacher in the game uh, who's worked with a he few. He could be making who, it up, but ruined, you had to get it out there. Who's, who's, who's ruined, <laughs> a, 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 ruined Tiger for a couple of years. Yeah, and um, then didn't he ruin, isn't he the one who ruined Justin Rose? Yes, I believe so. Now we're just talking out of yeah, Sorry, Sean, about we don't know. Yeah, Foley, you're a good guy. I know yeah, you are. We don't even, we don't um, even met you. And then uh, another two two more events that also happened that both happened at Augusta. The they just have they have now the uh, the women's Augusta Amateur, I believe, is what it's called. I wondered. I saw on Twitter. Very cool. A very cool. What like a what gal doing. in the middle of the fifteenth fairway, it going for the green and two, and I'm thinking. Wait, there are people out on the golf course this yeah, week. Why are they? Why are is they? Is it there? on TV? Can so, we watch uh, it? What is it? It's the it is the Augusta 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 Women's Amateur, I believe, is the the proper name. They play the first two rounds over at the Champions Retreat Golf Club, and then they take uh, Friday to play a practice round. And then I believe they play 
they play Augusta. So they get to play two rounds at Augusta. I mean, talk about a pretty pretty cool experience Mass for... Mass play or stroke play? Uh, I believe it is stroke play. So the the winning score, uh, Subasa uh, Kajitani shot one over 217. Uh, from the sounds of it, the course was starting to firm up already, starting to get a little bit quicker. Uh, just in, And that's what I've been, I continue to hear about the Masters is that... Firm and fast. Firm and fast. That's what I heard Firm last and Firm and fast, which is obviously uh, pretty awesome. Don't put too much stock into any of that. Yeah, I know. In from a gambling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The condition of the course is, it's just, when they're, they're making a big deal out of it being firm and fast because the most recent wasn't edition was in november yeah and it was like augusta had been getting tons of rain and the course was really wet so yeah is it is it firm and fast as compared to november definitely is it firm and fast as compared to last or two aprils ago when tiger won like probably a little bit firmer and like it's just now we're returning to regular so it's like everyone's seeing the golf course again in april like all of a sudden for the first time so you're gonna hear all about it firm and fast firm and fast it's like it's basically just back to what it's supposed to be and what they're used to. So you just take November, you kind of yeah. pitch that out for the most part, and you look at the April editions if you're looking at trying to establish any kind of patterns to inform your uh, predictions. Uh, and then uh, it was busy, busy weekend at uh, Augusta uh, on Sunday, which is one of my, I think my one of my favorite events of the year is the the drive, chip and putt on Easter Sunday, Sunday morning. So uh, was that on TV as well? That was on the Golf Channel. Okay. Um, that's, I think, I want to say they start at age seven up to age 15. And the, these kids are, are like rubber bands. I mean, they hit the ball so damn far. They, there was an 11-year-old, I watched her hit a 260, and I just go, my, and you her? can't you yes her you can't see my jaw right now but it's it's on the floor it is it is absolutely i mean they they the it just goes to show you don't need to be strong to hit the ball very far but these kids are so flexible so are they just over on the range uh so they uh the uh, the setup of it is you hit two drives um which is set up um, I want to say it's probably about 30 or 40 yards wide on the practice area. You hit two drives, then you go over to the the practiced, uh, practice chipping area, and you hit probably two you hit two shots. They're pretty, um, pretty benign shots. They're uphill a little bit, uphill sloping green, maybe five or six yards off the green. No more than a 30, 40 yard shot, or 30, 30, 40 yard, 30 or 40 foot shot, rather. And then you go to 18 green to roll a couple of putts. One that's probably about 25 feet and one that's about 10 feet. And, and, and Pretty I, sweet. So the kids are just like, what? I mean, these, these kids have to be on cloud nine. And I can't, I can't even begin. Like, I, you go play in your member member. You go play in your, in your club championship. There's like a little bit of pressure that comes with, like, like, at least you feel more than what you'd feel if you're going to play on, like, Tuesday night. These kids are like ten years old, and they're playing at Augusta National. Like, with my hands, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to hold on to the golf club. I know, but that's what's great about being young is you don't know. Yeah, you don't know yeah, what you, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. So they're like, "Wow, this is awesome. We're on TV." I mean, whatever. They're I just guess like just juiced, oh, you know, like ready to roll. Well, as 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 two dads, I mean, you just imagine what like I think those dads and parents, moms are feeling more pressure, more pressure than the kids are. Yeah, if they flash to the stands i'm sure that's where all this you know the sweat is on the brows or whatever so that that is uh that is all i wanted to say um outside of the have you been gambling on any, any lpga no i i have not and that's my buddy was say... over watching the end of the valero on sunday and he's like i got a ticket on nb park and i was like i got her last night at 12 to 1 or something this was sunday and i was like you're gambling on the LPGA. <laughs> this might be uh, this might be a topic for a different day, but I think that, and I think this this could be golf. My golf bias playing a factor, but I think that the the skill gap between the LPGA and the PGA is the closest than it is on any other tour between or any other I professional would. sport tour anything. The, the gap is closer. I mean, because you it's give the sport the least reliant on your. Your physical yeah. strength 
Yeah, basically. you give uh, you give MB Park a wedge from 100 yards, and you give any PGA Tour player. Not to say I'm going to take Park every time, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. from 100 yards, from 125, you have to get starting to get to like the 180 yard range where I really have to start. I'd love where I'd really start taking all male. I'd love to see a tournament where they find a way to get men and women professionals playing together by completely neutralizing length. Obviously, one way to do that is to play on a par three course, which would be phenomenal theater to see. We're watching these pay-per-views with these celebrities get a one professional male, one professional female Get Lydia Ko out there playing with DJ or get Danielle Kang out there or somebody, you know, with some personality and then showcase to a male audience just how good these women are at golf and you might start to... Yeah. I know the women's game is really popular already, but you can I really, totally agree. It's a great point. I mean, you... Wa- I mean, you... Sh- you can relate to the women's game a, a lot better too. Obviously, these these the you watch more similar. To yeah, our you watch you watch Bryson hit a, a four yard drive and you go, well, shit, I never. better better luck next year. Yeah, at, le- like, at least when you see when you see Lydia Ko uh, hit it two seventy five with with perfect tempo, 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 tempo. I mean, that, it is their swings is are just fantastic. beautiful, perfect balance. Well, they're, they're, they were all, I mean, they're built in a they were built in a factory. It looks like those those swings. It is absolutely <laughs> awesome. All right, let's get to let's get to Augusta. You heard the firm and fast. I I've you also heard me say that Brandon was going on and on about the last night about how you got to be in the top. I hate to bring up his name all the time, but I, I don't know why. I just he talks for so long on that show. He, he it's must, like you're gonna let Justin say anything, but then like when I think back on what I watched, all his voice is the only one I can hear. He's going on and on about Bubba being the last one. He's 18th in the OWGR when he won, and that's the highest or lowest, depending on how you want to. If you know, for, I guess lowest ranked player to win at Augusta in those over the over that time span so and then you heard me lastly you heard me say that i have like a million long shots so what i would if i was gonna advise let's say you hunter on a betting strategy this week a few of the things you have to keep in mind with augusta this is the smallest field outside of like a wgc or a tournament of champions or whatever that you're gonna you're gonna see it's it's by far the smallest major field mm-hmm. several of the members of the field are past champions who are not real threats to contend or and potentially even make the cut because these guys just keep coming back and playing here because why wouldn't you if you won a masters you would come back all the time so there's a pretty small pool of players from which you know you the winner is likely to come there is always a chance for a surprise but the chances of that happening here generally speaking are smaller because of the makeup of and size of the field so I just want to quickly run through. I think this is interesting as it pertains to who's really who who can win here. These are the top 20 in the world starting from 20 as of this morning. Westwood is 20, Sungjae is 19, Casey 18, Horschel, Fitzpatrick, Berger, Hovland is 14th in the world, Finau, McElroy, Kepka, Cantley, Simpson, Hatton is eighth in the world. Reed, Xander, Bryson, Collin, Rom, JT, Dustin Johnson. So you hear me read those 20, and you can still say that if names from that list of 20 in the top 20 in the world, there are a few names in there that if they won, it would be considered a pretty significant surprise. Not just the ones 2019 18. Hovland at 14, Finau at 13, Hatton at 8, etc. So, I just found that to be 
interesting that if you're going to if you're going to gamble on who's going to win, you probably you're probably going to be picking from among relative favorites. So you're not going to have a lot of tickets this week. You're going to have to be disciplined with your bankroll and just kind of like do the opposite of what I've done. Yeah, do do as I say, not as I do. Exactly right. <laughs> I mean, I am the biggest. I'm. I've been. My discipline has been terrible. I thought that Adam Scott's number was going to keep going down. So I have, I have like three Adam Scott tickets at lower numbers than what he's at right now. I mean, just I've exercised the worst discipline possible, and I've gotten myself into a terrible spot, and then had to add tickets this week because the only guys I've bet on are are. F- you know, 45 or higher guys that don't fit the mold that you just, everything that everything you just talked about, everything that I just said, you got yourself in quite the pickle. Yeah. So, um, I guess I'll just say that I do think that my, my two favorites this week, the guys that I think have the best chance, uh, to win, Funny enough, one of them isn't on the list that I just read from. I just realized. Who, yeah. is, who is that? He's currently 38th in the world. He's just moved up 14 spots from last week. Can you imagine why? I have to, if when I talk about this golf tournament, I have to find reasons to tell you why Jordan Spieth is not going to win. Let me put it that way. Why should he not win this week? Do you think... Do you think that if if that field last week was full, if it wasn't if it wasn't like the St. Mary's School for the Blind that showed up to tee off on Thursday morning, do you think if it was the Masters field, Jordan is even sniffing first place in that field? Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. think he's winning? Yeah. Eighteen under, I think, is about as is about as good as you can do over four days there. <sighs> Maybe somebody could shoot 20 if you had the best players in the world there, but regardless of who's played there in the past and stronger fields, weaker fields, that's about the winning score, sometimes a little lower. In Texas. So, I mean, everything was everything seemed a lot more set up for success he's, last his, week. His record at Augusta is at least as good as his record in Texas. I And, and I, I, I cannot disagree with that, but I, I just... <laughs> I'm seeing a trend here. I'm I'm going to sit here and and play devil's advocate probably for the next several shows because I I I don't great great he won he he won where there was there was two of the top twenty players two of the two of the top forty players in the world at that event so yeah he won good but I don't think he's gonna, I mean I don't think he I don't I don't see that uh, transitioning oh I do but. On other on the other hand, he I think his his strokes uh, approach strokes gains approach this past weekend was like ridiculous. If like, you dig into the game, it was like twelve shots. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like if you dig shots in the field, if you dig into the game, you have to. Augusta, make no mistake, is a driver's golf course. I mean, the guys who win here can hit it high and far off the tee. Yeah, I mean, pretty much even a guy like Charles hits it farther than you know you think yeah zj is kind of you know there's a immelman there's some exceptions in there and the firm and fast stuff will definitely bring some of the shorter hitters into play here but this is a driver's golf course and if you want to dig into jordan's game and pick it apart he can't he cannot hit the fairway he couldn't hit the fairway at valero no so that's that from his from the standpoint of his game that would hold him back but we also know that Augusta rewards great iron play and nobody is playing better with their irons right now than Jordan Spieth and to your point about the weak fields Valero was his first breakthrough but he has been playing well and contending in every field he's played well he has not played poorly in some time and now he just got the biggest boost. Normally, you don't bet on a guy the week after he wins because he has a, a, a winning hangover. In the case of Jordan, the circumstances are totally different. For him, this win is a boost. He's building towards something much bigger than the Valero. This is not a climax. He didn't go out and party. His prevailing emotion after having won this golf tournament was probably not joy, but relief. Yeah. He proved to himself that he can do it again, that he is as good as he always thought he could be. Now, granted, it is the Valero, and there's a little bit in the back of his mind that probably says, can you do it on a bigger stage? But the guy is going to tee it up on Thursday. 
on the on the golf course that arguably he loves most in the world, having just won a golf tournament four days ago, the first time in three years, and playing arguably some of the best golf of his entire career, playing against only 60 other guys, or whatever it is, that are effectively real competition in this field. And people are not going to, even though the books have driven him down, and got, the casinos would take a huge loss, I'm sure, because... There's going to be some degree of public sentiment. Like I said, he brings a lot of eyeballs to the game, so people certainly have placed bets on Jordan. But I think like the sharp money is not going to be on him because the odds have fallen so far. I, I still think he should, like if I were setting, he, you could argue him to be the betting favorite. Which is insane. Crazy to think about. If insane. you have old tickets, they may be as high as 100 to 1 for him to win here. Right so good that. on you. And you might very well hit that. But I, I really think... He has a great chance this week, and I wouldn't overlook him. I mean, hopefully you have a ticket. I don't know if you're going to eat 10 to 1 or whatever, but if you are like, don't let anybody talk you, I guess what I'll say is don't let anybody talk you off that. If you're like me and you think he's on a freaking heater and he's going to play his favorite golf course this week, that I, I just don't. Would you be, Are you? where do you think he's going to finish? I, I would not be able to sleep at night. If I if I came on this show and advised our listeners to to take the thirty-eighth player in the world as the second best odds to win this golf tournament at like plus a thousand. Are you kidding me? Plus a thousand the thirty-eighth best he's thirty-eighth in the world. I know he just won. This is it's great. It was it was a it was a it was a breakthrough win. Everything that you said was 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 spot on. I see him finishing in like he'll he'll probably be like thirteenth or fourteenth. Somewhere like right around middle of the middle of the teens, he had an okay performance. Like it just didn't do anything, didn't do anything crazy. But that is that is where I see him finishing. I'll be, I'll just put that out there. I'll be personally shocked if he's not in the mix on Sunday. Shocked. Shocked. That's how good his game is right now. Well, and now he's gonna drive it in the pine straw, and he's gonna hit it crooked. But he scrambles his face off. He makes tons of putts. He's on good greens. He's coming off a win. I mean, I just love him. The other guy I really like is Bryson. So, if you'll remember, going back to November, there was a lot of chitter-chatter about Bryson because he had gone through his transformation or whatever, and he was in, like, his full-on meat-headed phase, and, like, he had almost publicly... He was kind of, like, pumping his own chest as we were coming into Augusta, if you remember, and then he sort of, like, fizzled tied 34th. Like, his personal motivation has to be so strong this week just because he wants to he feels such a letdown for how he performed in November and there is he hits it um absolute country mile off the tee with a right to left prevailing ball flight Mm -hmm. it is the perfect ball flight for this uh golf course and I just said this is a driver's paradise he, like he's the best driver in the game right now. I mean, he's Rory confessed that the way Bryson was hitting it off the tee made him rethink everything about his game, and this is probably the most gifted player in the you know that we've ever had in golf since Tiger Woods saying this. So the eleven to one feels a little short, but I I do have a piece of that. The other guy I think is interesting is Brooks at 25. I don't really know what to say about the knee or whatever, but like... He seems excited. You see that? Did you see that tweet he had? Uh, I want to say it was it was uh, Gary Koch um, got quoted saying, uh, looks like uh, Kepka will be out for the next six to, three eight, to yeah. six to eight weeks. Maybe it was only three to six, but it was a, it was a it prolonged was like period of time. Months, I think. Maybe it was like a long... And, and he said he took it like personally. Yeah, he took he took the the Jordan meme uh, from the Last Dance doc where he, I took that personally. I don't know if you ever have you seen oh, the Last yeah, Dance. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. uh, which is like the fun. He's just that's the weirdest bulletin board material I've ever seen. Like, who yeah. cares? He's just prognosticating based on what some doctor told him or whatever, you know. So I don't think Gary Co- I don't think Gary Coke gave. He's <laughs> not like trying to get into a disagreement <laughs> yeah. with you, Brooks. You know, but it's it doesn't it feel like the Brooks sort of spot. You always 
Brooks is that guy where you, where you wake up Sunday morning and you don't have a Brooks ticket and you go, what, what the what the hell was I thinking? Like, why why wouldn't you have a Brooks ticket given all of his success in previous majors and especially from what we've talked? I think it might have been the first show that we actually put out. You made a comment that you find you find these guys that where the value is is like 25 to 1 on Brooks Kepka in a major is is somewhat hard for me to pass up or at least I'll I'll put a few bucks on it and see what happens but I think the knee I don't expect him gun to my head I'm not taking Brooks Kepka to win this golf tournament but at 25 to 1 maybe like maybe, maybe make him part of your card yeah make, I it think depends on what else you're going to yeah what else you want to fit in there but I'm 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 the drift just like you said, you bet the guys with the drift to find the value. 25 to 1 is obviously crazy, and there's injury reasons for that. But these guys have been hitting. Yeah. No. Diamond hit at Corrales. He was 48. Why? That number didn't make sense. JT hit players. He was 20. Why? Because of the suspension and per- things that aren't related to his play. Again, Brooks, 25. It's not because he's not playing well. It's because he's not playing at all in front of us. So do we really think he's going to come out shoot a pair of 75s? No. I mean, no, that's not how he play. He wouldn't be here. So now there's a chance something goes wrong. It's really hilly. It's hard to walk. I get it. There's a chance that, you know, that that's sort of that's part of gambling on golf. But you're right. 25 to one is a, is a number that doesn't add up to that doesn't match the player. And then the other number on this board that doesn't match the player and the other guy I'm invested in this week even though I'm really worried about Justin Thomas winning this golf tournament, I'm going to play lots of them in DraftKings, is Rory. When's the last time you saw Rory 19-1 to at Augusta or in any major, let alone, I know he's never won here, but this is a great golf course for Rory, and for the most part, he plays well here. So you know, he's not been playing well, No, but do we care? This is a world-class player at 19-1. to do I need to – I have Bryson. I have Jordan. Those who are uh, two, the two guys I consider t- who should be the kind of the favorites here. And then I'm going to buy the drift on Rory and on Brooks, and that's going to kind of be my inside under 30 sort of betting card, if you will, because that's where I see the most value. I actually like uh, – we talked about last week too, Rom always having really good odds, but – First off, I need to find a new book. I think I think FanDuel is getting, is skimping me a little bit on. He's twelve to one right now. He just had he just had a kid last week, and I don't know how this plays into it. But I actually think that if you if you just have a child and like you, you get that weight off your shoulders, like both mom and kid seem healthy, um, does he come out like a little bit refreshed? And we and we talk about guys that that are very driven to win right now. He hasn't won. But he's always there. He's been playing great. He has great history here. He plays his golf course really well. We obviously know that Spanish guys play yeah. here well based on the history of uh you know, Ballesteros and, and um Olathabel and and uh Sergio. So like I would not be surprised if he comes out and plays well. Let me ask you this what day did the baby come? Uh I must have saw a picture. I saw a picture over the weekend. So it was like, so he, like can he you, got here in enough time to prep. Okay. If that's what you're at. If that's what a regular, the, guy, the guys that played the Texas Open aren't getting there any earlier than what Rom got there. Okay, but they got more sleep. Now, I don't know what kind of, uh, I get the impression from John that he would probably be pretty. Okay, getting cut. <laughs> no, like being, he would be involved. Based on the comments that he has made as a father of a of an infant, which means being up a lot at night. Now, do they have a night nurse? Probably, but I mean, the idea for me—I had a baby 15 months ago. My wife did. I didn't do it, but the idea of me winning. First of all, I the idea of me winning a golf tournament at all is laughable. But <laughs> yeah. The idea of a person in my circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> going out and winning a golf tournament like even a member guest sounds patently absurd because you are like so preoccupied even if the baby and the mom are healthy you're preoccupied by the schedule and the feedings and now I know he's rich 
like they've got it made. He's I'm sure he has nurses there. I get all that. I'm sure it's plural. I'm sure it's not just but one. Like, I'm sure it's several. On one hand, he could be driven to go play for that child and for his wife and have this be this magical week. And on the other side, he could say, I don't much care how I play this week. And furthermore, I'm so freaking tired right now, you guys. I can barely stay awake. So I was just glad to get out of Dodge so I could get here and get into my cabin or whatever and get some sleep because I'm so freaking tired from the first two or three days or whatever of being a dad. Now, maybe he was just there for the birth and he's like, here you go, honey. I got to go to the golf tournament, go make that bread. Yeah. But he does not strike me as that kind of person, particularly because he said, if I'm in the lead on Sunday and the baby comes, I'm leaving. I'm walking off the golf course. Well, I think that's, well, that's, I think that's totally different. Being there for the birth of your, your firstborn is different. And like missing a golf tournament is, I think is different than, like a week in a week the baby's born baby's healthy let's go win a golf tournament for the baby we need to ask the moms out there because i think they would <laughs> laugh at what we're saying right now and say you can i'll gladly exchange the birth if you're going to be there for the first five to seven days or whatever to help me out because the baby has to eat every nine, every well, ninety minutes to two and a half hours, or whatever. John Rahm is worth millions of. John Rahm and his wife are worth millions and millions of dollars. I think somebody else could potentially feed the baby during Masters Week. It's the only the thing is like I, I said this about beware the golfer whose only downsides have nothing to do with his play. And this is John Rahm. Yeah. His detractors this week are going to be voicing the similar concerns that I just voiced, which have nothing to do with how he plays. Maybe some other guys will say, well, I worry about him making enough putts or whatever because his putting has not been great. But, guys, this is – people win here all the time who are not good at putting. Charo won here. Sergio won here. You ball strike here. You ball strike, ball strike, ball strike. You just hit the fairway, hit the green, hit the fairway, hit the green. I mean, Adam Scott won here for Christ's six. I have so many Adam Scott tickets. I, I, I grabbed one, too, actually, just a little bit ago. Well, he's at 75. He's great value up the board. I he's guess a- I should say the guys I like value up the board, 75 Scott, 125 or higher, Siwoo Kim, which makes no sense. There's no respect for Siwoo Kim. Unbelievable. But that is so much better than 125 to 1. And then I thought Ryan Palmer looked weird down there at 150. I'm like, this guy's now, isn't this guy like in the top 30 in the world now? So I don't know what his history is like there, but he hits the absolute cover off of it and hits it right to left and is really, really good off the tee. So I do have, those are some of the long shots that I think are kind of like interesting and obviously nabbing each way there in case they sneak into the top six. Mm-hmm. If you can get it from your book so that you hit on something or bet them on finishing position, which you can get some really good odds. The other finishing positions I like are Reed to top 20 is plus 110, Scott to top 30. Adam Scott to top 30 is plus 110. If you want to just put, invest your entire bankroll yeah, on that I'm this a, week. I'm already on Because that's that one. just... That doesn't even make I don't even understand how they got that number. It doesn't make sense. It's kind of like the 90 to 1 on Gary Woodland last week. Yeah. Which obviously he wasn't going to win, but if you had an each way, you hit that. Mm-hmm. So, because he tied for sixth, I think. Uh, and I like Zach Johnson. Firm and fast conditions, with the exception of Valero. He's been so bad off the. Like his, his ball striking is kind of hit or miss, but he's 12 of 13 on cuts made. Again, this is a. This is a weak field by major comparison. So it's everybody at the very top and then kind of like a mixed bag. Yeah. So for him to top 30, I don't think it's too much of an ask, and that's plus 200. So those are the some of the finishing positions that I'm riding. But I have uh, I have a few I'll just list off. I'm also on uh, Zach Johnson to finish top. Zach Johnson to finish top 40 is plus 150 on FanDuel. Yeah, that's great. Um so I, I, I kind of chuckled at that one. I did put a few bucks on him to outright. I don't expect anything to come of that. Um, I am back on Brian Harmon again after uh, his Love performance it. at the Dell match play. Playing so good right now. <clears throat> uh, Brian Harmon top 40 is, is uh, just about even money. I grabbed him at minus 105 last night on FanDuel. That's nice. I love it. Um, I think that's a... Uh, a really good one. I, I'm also on uh, Gary Woodland is plus, oh God, Hunter. is plus money. 
he is uh, to finish top 40. Ooh. So I am on Gary Woodland. Uh, I hopped on Louis Oosthuizen plus money to finish top 30. Just given his past success, uh, figured it made some sense. And then uh, Billy Billy Horschel to top 30 is plus 150. Yeah, nice. I like all those. And he's then, in really good. He's in really good form. I have an outright ticket with an each way. I could see him squeezing his way into the top ten. And then the last one I have right now, um, I'm, I'm sure I, I can't imagine I won't add to this at some point. Uh, mentioned his name a little bit ago, but Sergio Garcia is plus one seventy five to top twenty, and he showed some decent form a couple weeks ago at at Dell. Dell he's Match in great play. form. I'm adding that. Did you say plus one seventy five to top twenty? Yeah. Yeah, I gotta. I, I literally have to write that down because yeah. I'm absolutely. And then absolutely. I, I, um, I'm not. Obviously, people' strategy differs between people. I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't love. I don't love betting outrights on these guys that are only going to be 10, 12, 10, 10 to twenty to one to, to win. Um, but I, so for that reason, I was. I was that really what I was looking for was a Bryson ticket. Some, somehow get him involved. I did find him top 10, and top 10's plus 105. So yeah, I that's good. Tossed on that. but Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, I used my... I don't like eating those either, and I'm I'm on four guys under 30, which is like... Oh, like That's why I say only at the Masters would I ever do that. And only at the Masters would I be this overexposed and have just tickets coming out of my ears. But... I used a free bet, like a promo bet on Bryson, because I was just like, I can't, I can't choke over, choke out too much bankroll on these guys that are all under thirty, because you have to lay so much to to make your week. So again, it's just like manage your bankroll. Go find some 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 numbers like Hunter just gave you to sort of like cover your outrights. Yeah, I think um, the first thing I first thing I do is I go to the finishing positions and I go straight to where it gets to start from like 125 to like plus 125 to minus like 115 and let's see if we can find and that's usually a list of 10 guys 10 to 15 guys let's find four or five guys in there that have played well at Texas Open they played well at Dell they've played well here in the past they have history here uh the the game fits their the, their game fits this course well. Let's find those guys and let's put at least find four or five guys in that group of fifteen to twenty guys where you find right around even money in the finishing positions. All right, let's talk about Arcadia real quick. Yeah, because you're gonna play there for the we touched on it earlier. You're gonna play there for the first time. I am. Let's yeah. only talk about the Bluffs course because I've never played the other one. Maybe yeah. we can get over there at some point this summer too, so we can talk about that. Because I don't think quite as many people have played that golf course. No, I think it's, it's pretty pretty fresh. Pretty yeah, new. just a couple years old or whatever. But you've never been on the property. I have not. No. What time are you teeing off? One fifty. You're gonna play in the afternoon. Okay. Nice and windy. I'm sure. Windy. What do you What do you want to know about it? Uh, is it is it link style or is it? Uh, it's along the water. I, I think I know that part. It, the property is on the water. Okay. On a bluff. Okay. So when you get over to the water part of the property, you are standing on top of what's like a 100-foot bluff that just sort of slopes pretty, uh, pretty has severe. a steep grade down to the beach and the lake below. So you're on the water. You're not on the beach. Okay. You're on a bluff, literally Arcadia Bluffs. And it's similar to uh, the golf course. Really reminds me a lot of Torrey Pines in terms of the way they use the property. So it's not like whistling in the way that they use the property, even though that's really similar because it's kind of on an equal latitude, just across the same on the other side of the same lake. But Arcadia, you get over to the first of all, you go, you drive up to the clubhouse and the and the pro shop which is beautiful it's one building there's rooms up top dining kind of in the middle of the building and then the pro shop is over on the side sort of by the first tee um and then when you go to tee off you drive back kind of towards where you came and you hit along the drive that enters so you're playing away from the water one is a par five away from the water in the clubhouse and you take a left turn you play a par three, and then you start working your way back to the water. So you get to the water around holes four and five, and then you get to the water again around holes 11 green, 12, 13. 
So it's not as if whistling where you're traversing back and forth like the waters on your right or your left on, on nearly half the holes because they built that in tiers, kind of man-made. Arcadia is much more natural, mm-hmm. even though there is some mounding that appears to be man-made there. Um, but you're playing on the water, maybe a handful of holes, and the you know some of the most of the rest of the time you can see it though those first few holes they kind of push you back to the 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 edge of the property just because they needed to fit those those holes in i've always heard uh i've always heard longer rounds like is are, is it pretty spread out I, I for some reason that's that's always been i've always heard arcadia is awesome but it's going to be a four and a half five hour probably pace of play related more so than anything is it pretty pretty open you said it was scorable can you, can you Open off the tee? Yeah. There's Heather. Okay. So you do have to drive it pretty well, but the fairways are not narrow. Okay. In most cases, there are some pretty difficult tee shots. Like 11 is a really tough tee shot. That's a par five, though. Um, it's fairly generous off the tee, provided you don't hit it in the Heather. You cannot hit it in the Heather. It's a half a half shot penalty. It's not like dense. You're probably not going to lose your ball. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe a couple times if you really get it sideways. But yeah, if you're looking to the the score ability presumes that you're able to keep it in play off the tee, which you should be able to do if you're you know a proficient driver. You just can't be wild off the tee, and you have to play angles properly. Where if you're doglegging to the left or whatever, you want to play it out to the right half of the fairway. It's really as to the links question, I don't know exactly, but I would say it's more linksy than a lot of the courses that are positioned as links courses in Michigan. Mm-hmm. For example, it's flat enough and close enough to the water that the winds are high. So wind is a serious condition that you have to deal with, and it's a factor on nearly every single hole that you play when the when the wind is up. So you're going to experience that pro- likely playing in the spring in an afternoon. So you're going to get it about as tough as it can be. But I would say that's a little bit more like it's pretty linksy. The greens are slower okay. because they can't make them too fast because of the wind. Because yeah. so that's that's similar to overseas. Yeah, they've got the thick flag sticks the thick short flag sticks Mm -hmm. to keep them from waving around around back and forth so like when you're playing it you certainly feel like you're on a links as to how it compares to true links overseas i don't know because i've never played any of that golf but it's much more subtle and natural than whistling okay yeah I'm, i'm excited i'm uh yeah like like we said have never have never played and that's always been there's probably a list of which I'm sure we'll get into. Some there's a list of like probably six or seven courses that are well known up in this within a 150 mile radius of of where we're sitting right now that I I haven't played and that's both of the Arcadia courses are definitely yeah we got to get over and see that other one. So what yeah. day do you play Arcadia? Uh, the 17th. So is that a couple Saturdays from of now? April? Yeah. Nice. So just a couple weeks away. Yeah. Cool. We'll have, uh, so next week we'll have a Masters review and then we can. <clears throat> that's Harbor Town the week after that, isn't it? We can do a Harbor Town slash uh, um, Arcadia Bluffs. Yeah, I can tell you all about Harbor Town. I played there. Never played there. That's always one. That's that seems like probably one of the most easily accessible PJ Tour stops to play. And I've just never. Yeah, never as long as you got the cash. Yeah, is it expensive? Yeah, I think so. It's probably in like the Bay Harbor type range. Yeah. Really short, really narrow, really quirky. Yeah. Really, it's an awesome, it's a fun course to bet because it's so course history laden. Because it really, it, it it is a style. There's a bunch of guys that'll just never play there because it's just goofy. Oh, them. and it's like, oh, that's one of the tougher ones to bet. You would think just because you obviously you're not, you know, if the you can't overpower that golf course by any means. That'd be one that they should play with the ladies. Yeah. Well, and that's then you when you when you're talking about that wasn't that that was just two years ago when I'm pretty sure Lexi Thompson and Bryson played in the Zurich together, and they were doing actually very well. I think they were on the like, top of the leaderboard. Near oh, there. I don't remember that. That was within the last four or five years. Lexi has played. That's cool. We need more of that because your your point is right that their golfers, male and female golfers, are probably closer than male and female anything else athletics. I can't think of any, I can't think of anything else. That even tennis be. is the only thing that's closest, but it's like this: those guys that are professional tennis players are like, you know, there's like 
physical specimens. Yeah. They're like six foot five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Novak Djokovic. You imagine that guy hitting a tennis ball at you? I don't want to. No, that would that would hurt. All right. Good luck this weekend. Should be great. A great week. Yeah, I'm very excited. Very, very excited. If it's the Masters. Go Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Go. I think I'm going to put a t- ticket on JT just because it's JT. You never even mentioned him. I know I didn't mention him because I, I mean, because I'm not going to, I don't even know what his odds are. Plus 11. It's like 16 or something. 15 See, that's, or that's, that's another thing. What book are you using? Dude, I, it's bookshop. You have to bookshop. I don't like bookshopping because I have all my money and I have Download all, every app. No, because it's just to man. losing track of, of what, how many bets you've won and lost. At least fa- all with FanDuel, it's all in one place. What's really fun for me right now is I have like, I'll play, I get like a heater on an app. And so then I just convince myself by pretzel logic that like the bets I place on that app always hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I've been there. So then I'm like, oh, but I, oh, I go to place when I'm like, no, 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 this is the wrong book. I need to go to my hot book. All right, go Jordan, go JT, go Bryson. Awesome. All right, see ya. See ya. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week to recap the Masters. Look forward to the RBC and talk a little bit more local golf. Hope you enjoy your Masters weekend.